1: Alright folks, welcome back to Lace Mountain West Wire podcast, uh, football edition at And Matt, are you done celebrating your conference championship yet, or are you still going strong? We're on to the LA Bowl. LA Bowl, the Kimmel Bowl, um, Washington State. This is not our bowl preview, people. We're doing that another day. We took a little, a mini break, going out of town. I'm feeling like, not great at the moment, so we delayed a little bit, but we're good. We're here. We're going to be talking about mostly, which you think this is dated news. We don't need to do the emergency podcast all the time. We could give it a second to actually have formed thoughts, Matt, about UNLV hiring Barry Odom. Okay. We're going to talk about that today. Yeah. <laughs> talk about some portal stuff because that's going crazy. And Wyoming, well, I mean, you need a running back in the worst way. But we're not going to get to what – well, we kind of will. But we're going to get to the hiring of UNLV, how they're putting other staff. If we like to move. Don't like it. And then some portal stuff about what teams are losing because – Portal season, if you're not aware, it goes from, I guess, the new window, which we could start there. I think that's a pretty good idea, Matt, where it's December 5th, the day after the bowl, matchups, playoffs are announced. And then it goes for, was it 45 days through, I think, the day after the pl- title game. Is that correct? Something like I believe that, so, yeah. Days. So do you first, do you like that idea to kind of slow down? Players are stopping them from announcing, but they can't officially do anything until like basically a week ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I figure,
1: yeah, at this point,
0: freedom of movement is one of those things like you you can't put it back in the bottle or anything like that. So whatever so whatever works best for both the individual and the program, it's mostly about striking a balance more than anything else, I would say.
1: That's true, yeah. We'll get that in a minute, but I was just curious. Because I, I, like I think one of the big problems was with it, say, I think mostly it had to do with spring because there's also a mm-hmm. window in spring but like only two weeks where yeah. say your school starts in February... You go through your bowl game, you play your bowl game, you transfer. Your school already started, but school you're going to hasn't started yet. So like I understand they don't take many transfers, but some schools start have a quarter system, may not start until February for their spring mm-hmm. semester or part one. So it's like there could be some weird shenanigans and manipulating the calendar to get more practice and time with your team. But we'll get that in a minute. Let's first get to the uh, UNLV higher. So first off, the people who said it was Coach O, come on. We, there were people who say, oh, it's a thing. I'm like, it's not a thing. Yeah. So Coach Orgeron would have been fun, right? Would have been very exciting to have him in the I, conference. I but mean, he, yeah. Fun in a way, he acts, but you know, I know he wasn't taking the job when I first heard it. So there was the article about when he got fired from LSU. He beat because obviously coaches, Matt, they get the buyout, right? They get the big paycheck, essentially, majority of their salary mm-hmm. when they get fired for, even though they suck, they still get paid, which good job if you can get it, right? Mm-hmm. But he's basically like, show me the door and I'll take the check. Like, here's your $15 million. He's like, all right, AD, Mr. AD or Mrs. AD, whoever it was at the time, Miss AD, show me the door and I'll walk right out with that check in hand, essentially. He's not like coaching for a bit because he's been around Ole Miss, right? Or Mississippi State. Which one was it? I forget. One of Mississippi schools. It was Obviously Ole Miss. LSU, Ole Miss. Okay. Yeah. USC, where he probably should have been hired over, over Clay Helton when he was interim coach, I think, twice. But he wasn't coming. Gary Patterson, did we talk about him on the podcast? I felt like that was a mistake in full, probably full in force. passing. Yeah, I think we mentioned the preview for the. Oh yeah, we did the Mountain West title game preview or recap, one of the two preview. I believe that was a complete disaster. Um, so what's your, what's your first thought when you saw Barry Odom? Because this news came out literally, the news they kept it pretty tight-lipped the whole, which is great, which is awesome, and makes things interesting. But when I heard an- announcements from like. The agent leaked like 20 minutes before to Pete Thamel and guys like that, Chris Vinini. Mm-hmm. Within the half hour of that, they had the press conference going already. He was already in town, dressed up in his rebel red. Whatever is it rebel red, crimson red. What's the official red color of, Re- of UNLV? Do you know the red? Oh, uh, I am you Sierra? know what?
0: Well, no, no, because the, it's a uh, it's scarlet, isn't it? Because the okay, there you the Newspaper,
1: is. correct? Yes, I wasn't sure because I know there's cherry red. Utah has crimson red. I just want to make sure we get the right, correct red there. Scarlet red. He already had his yes, tie on and everything. Gray. Scarlet and gray. Okay. Um. So they kept it pretty tight lipped. So when you heard Barry Odom, former Missouri head coach, current Arkansas defensive coordinator, what was your first like initial reaction about hiring a guy who was twenty five and twenty five as a head coach in the SEC, air quotes Missouri SEC school? <laughs> okay.
0: So uh, I will I will acknowledge that my first thought was Barry Odom.
1: Yeah, I had no clue who's in Arkansas, first of all. I did not know that.
0: But then then I started doing a little bit of digging, and I think that it's a pretty interesting hire altogether. You know, a lot of it has to do with the fact that, one, and I I can't remember if I said this out loud on Twitter or not, the Mountain West is not the SEC East. So right off the bat, you know, Barry Odom's not trying to wrestle with the likes of Kirby Smart or... Or, you know, Josh Heupel or anybody else out there, you know, in the in the toughest conference in America. So right off the bat, the degree of difficulty is going to be, I would say, slightly less steep. Secondly, you know, he came into the Missouri job, uh, if memory serves, is it was sort of a rocky situation. It was after Gary Pinkle had to step aside. uh, I believe it was with health concerns, was it not?
1: Something like that. I know Gary Pinkle led him to an SEC championship game at least once, yeah. so it wasn't a bad program he took over. He just never. And I believe going.
0: that there was, I believe that there was also, like, some postseason ban that they were dealing with, or some kind of like off-field issue that they were dealing with, like, like violations of the NCAA type of things like that. So it wasn't like he was inheriting a great situation, and. You know, he he still won four games that first year, like wasn't great, but then you saw the growth that UNLV surely looked at when they were looking at his resume. You know, it took him, you know, this you know, he was in a bowl by year two. He went to the Texas Bowl, went seven and six, you know, eight and five in year three, you know, yeah. lost in the Liberty Bowl. But you know, they sort of got back to that level of, of respectability that Mizzou had often had.
1: And you're you and the Big Pinkle, Twelve. But yeah, you know, there was but there was a period of time in,
0: in sort of the, the late Gary Pinkle years where you know there was you know there was a 12 and two season and an eleven and three season in, in 2013, 2014, but that was bookended by a pair of five and seven years too.
1: In that 0 and so, seven year, they are basically gonna be in the BSS title game. They are winning competing for Big 12 championships. I don't know it's a long time ago, but like Yeah, he was part of a program that was winning. I took over, but it's obviously upgraded difficulty going from the Big 12 to the SEC.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, on top of that, a lot of it has to do with, and this is true of any head coaching hire, you know, who he had around him too and what they were able to accomplish as a group. Like you go back and you look at those Mizzou teams, for instance, and you're like, oh, yeah, that was when like Drew Locke was unexpectedly pretty good for a few years. Chase Daniel as well. Yeah, well, I mean, Chase Daniel, I think was was long before that, but like during Odom's right. tenure, yeah. Drew Locke was the Missouri. guy who led yeah. them to those to those back to back bold games. You know, you go, you look back, and you are like, oh yeah, Larry Roundtree the third, if you remember him, you know, like in twenty eighteen, that high water year, he had over 1,200 tu- 1, yards and uh, eleven touchdowns. You know, they and as you might expect from a guy with a defensive background, like that was where they really made their bones. Like you know, they were yeah in that 2018 year, they were top 20 in points for and, and top 50 in points against. And so while it, it definitely fell apart the following year, a lot of that had to do with like key injuries. Like you may recall they brought in Kelly Bryant from Clemson. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, he got banged job. up halfway through the year and they didn't really have an answer to, to replace him with. And so, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the year, the second half of the year, they definitely fell off. know they won their season finale against Arkansas, but had lost five straight or before that, and that that had more or less sealed his fate because without Bryant, the offense more or less disappeared. If you go and look at that schedule, um, you know they even went so far as to lose to Vanderbilt that year uh, yeah. on the on the road by a touchdown. You know, seven points against Kentucky, zero against Georgia. It, it was an ugly finish.
1: He's not say. an offensive coach. I'm just saying he. And if you're going to be in the Mountain West. You gotta but, okay. No, hold on, keep, we'll but, but in that, in that I, division, probably, yeah, San Diego State defense, San Jose State good defense. There's some Fresno State not amazing defense, but they make defensive plays. You're gonna, or also, you gotta score points against Fresno. If you want conversely, you gotta score points some way or another, either keep play pace with Fresno, San Jose State keep pace, or score against their defense. San Diego State score against that defense. Mm-hmm. They're playing teams where you got to have an offense one way or another, whether it's just score 35 to keep pay- with keep up with the high scoring team or put up 21 against a really good defense and win a low scoring game. So you got to have mm-hmm. some way to move the ball. And they got a quarterback that's starting the way, right? Though they have Doug Brumfield, and we'll get to portal stuff. He's currently still with the Rebels program, which is great to hear. It's, it's portal stuff's weird. You never know, but that's a good start. But they do need, no matter what, you got to score some points to win.
0: Yeah. Um, but I would also say, too, like, if you look at sort of his coaching tree, I guess you might say, and you look back at those Mizzou staffs, like he had a pretty good deal of talent uh, on the sidelines along with him. Like you, you may be familiar with Ryan Walters, for example, currently the Mm -hmm. defensive coordinator at Illinois. He He was the co DC. He was the co DC under Odom at Missouri in 2016 and 2017. Um, You know, Andy Hill was the associate head coach who who worked with wide receivers under Barry Odom. Now he's working with the Kansas City Chiefs and doing good work out there. So I think that, you know, all things considered, his track record, I think, may be a little bit misleading because the hand that he was dealt was not necessarily the easiest one to play. But I think that he... But I think that he did about as well as you would expect, and you and, and I don't know if, how many Mizzou fans listen to this to this podcast.
1: Welcome aboard. But I,
0: I would have to think that <laughs> you know there's an alternate universe out there where he got another year to like turn it around after the letdown in 2019, and maybe things you know sort of unfold from there. But then you get beyond that the work that he's done as a defensive coordinator at Arkansas has also been really good too. Like when when the Razorbacks broke through last year, a lot of that had to do with the fact that Odom was was leading a unit that ranked in the top 20 by SP plus on that side of the ball.
1: And, and it's not all KJ Jefferson. Oh, it's offense scoring, scoring. Well, it's kind of both. You're, you can't outscore everybody 50 to 45. You got to put up some defense. So all the shine was on Jefferson, but his defense clearly – did good things like what they did from past couple of years or past year or two. It's drastic. Yeah. What you mentioned drastically improved. I'm looking right here, like kind of looking at some numbers short. The Let's see what, sorry. I had something in front of you. Go ahead with your thought. I'll pull this up in seconds.
0: Yeah. And I think that there's already reports, and this is from Saturday down south as of, as of a few days ago, Keith Farmer yeah. reporting on it that, you know, he's bringing in at least one guy from Arkansas, their linebacker coach, Michael Schurer, who, you know he's helped guys like you know Grant Morgan, Bumper Pool play well over the last couple of years, and you know those two guys really helped keep the Razorbacks afloat at least a little bit this year, uh, as as they were dealing with pretty significant amount of injuries on both sides of the ball. It's
1: also young dude, so twenty nine years that, old, to potential OC or DC. So that's so I guess
0: what I'm saying overall is if you had that sort of raised eyebrow reaction as sort of your first reaction. I think if you take a closer look at what Odom has actually achieved over the years as both a coordinator and a head coach, given the circumstances and given sort of the initial victories that he's already had, you mentioned Brumfield a minute ago. Yeah. I think there was talk that he might briefly consider, you know, leaving the leaving via the portal again. Uh, But now he was out as of last week, you know, trying to recruit guys back into the program from the transfer portal. So you know, those sort of little victories like that can go a long way towards creating buy-in and and sort of putting themselves in a situation where things don't necessarily have to fall apart in Vegas. Like, they can hang on to at least most of their key pieces and use that defensive background to to take the next step forward.
1: Yeah. And I'm t- I did a, re- a look across. Curious what Texas A&M did during that same time as Missouri. So... Mm-hmm. You had Kevin, someone, and then Jimbo Fisher in those same four years. Texas A&M, it wasn't; they were fine. They went to bowl games every year, eight, four, nine, nine wins, seven wins. They only had eight more wins in Missouri during that same time with mm-hmm. um, Odom as coach, which is not—it's not—it's a decent amount, but it's not like it's they out. They're going ten and two because a and Texas A&M has only one ten-year ten-win season in the SEC ever, and that was their first That's year. Right. And so looking at that difference, I was just curious about Big Twelve teams that moved over because they came at the same time, obviously back in 2011, 2012. Um yeah, 2012, excuse me. And their record is only eight games better. That's a it's a good number, but that's not like you're dwarfing a former team in the same conference that moves to the new one. And I'm just more hype because they've always been a perceived or typically have had better programs, even though AM <clears> like, really I I'm from there. I'm looking what's going on. They did you know I did not know this. I'm looking right now. They have only had one double digit one season, 2012. First-year SEC, all the way back 1998 when they went to the Sugar Bowl and the upset Kansas State, Michael Bishop, in that uh, Big 12 title game. So it's not like – I'm just comparing the two same conference. There's not much more than that, but I was kind of looking at that record differential for those same four years. But Missouri, I don't know what I'm getting at. I'm saying it's not like he was – Like I guess I'm reaffirming the point. It wasn't a terrible coach SEC. If you go 500, Vanderbilt's not doing that. Arkansas rarely doing that. You have um. what other teams are doing very That's long. what
0: Eli Drinkwitz has done in the three years since replacing Odom.
1: I know. I'm just saying, like it's not. It's not easy. I mean, it's yeah. It's hard, and so he's able to be a respectable program. And I don't know what Missouri was wanting for him when he did take a step back, but I don't know. I guess Gary Pinkle was there for so long to kind of want that same success or be in that same ballpark, but. It's a fine hire. I just felt it was kind of – because if you look at what what our Eric Harper, the AD at, at UNLV, wanted in Vegas, he was like, I want a guy the experienced head coach. And to pull a guy, and which he has. He has head coach experience, reasonably not, not a failure by any stretch. You know what I mean? A 500 record at SEC school, that's pretty good, obviously. Coaches get fired for a lot better than that. Like, look at Kevin someone, and other guys in, across the country. Guys will get fired. For the stupidest reasons, like Brian Harson and stuff like that, people get fired for dumb stuff, for not necessarily record-wise, but even good records. It's like it's not whatever the expectations are. Each school is different, so I think about big picture. Like if you are to tell me, Matt, during the process, UNLV, like I was on the podcast, what sitting head coach would take this job? That's an FBS level. Not many, even though they're paying about eight million dollars for the whole contract for five years. So it's we have the top one of the conference, which helps. As a, as a standing head coach, it'd be, we talked, like, who could they get? Probably very few people that either were qualified or you think it would be an improvement over what you had. Like, you're not grabbing a, some coach from Conference USA that's, you know what I mean, three and nine. You're not grabbing mm-hmm. anybody that's a Pat Power 5 head coach. But if you're telling me they're going to get an SEC defensive coordinator, I'd laugh your face off. I'm like, no way. I don't care what school it is. It could be the worst school in the SEC, and I'd say no. It could be the Vanderbilt defensive coordinator. I'd say, like, no, that's not happening and look what they're able to pull out. So the name's not flashy. The name has had above-average success as a coordinator and head coach in a tough conference in kind of a transitional period, but not quite as much. They're already four years in the SEC, but he, for what he's done, it's hard to say. Like What, what more could they have really gotten if you just look at hey, candidate A or candidate B or C? Like You're telling like, Gary Patterson to him clearly owed him because Patterson gave up, and look what... Sonny Dykes is doing it TCU year one with his players in the playoff. I'm like, no. It's like, give me a break. You'd look at Coach Orgeron; he's just a weird dude. It would have been fun, interesting, but that wasn't going to happen. I don't think. I think at face value, because I think the papers pulled that article like minutes after it came up. But like, yeah, right. like, seriously, I know. But if you're looking at on paper, you're getting a power five defensive coordinator. That's a pretty big deal, and one well, with head coaching experience they wanted. I'm very surprised at the level of coach they got, even though the name is not like super sexy or exciting but it's a above average quality it's like uh okay here i'm trying to find a good example here so you get, you get a place that's like decent food but it's like you're kind of ashamed you want to go there and eat some places but they have a, a good burger like uh can we call him the big carl of fast food because big carl's pretty good at carl's jr right
0: i haven't had a carl's jr in ages if i'm being totally honest
1: i'm just saying but something like that where it's like a pretty good place. People are like, oh, it's it's fine, whatever. But it's actually much better than you think. One of those type of situations. I just brought that in my head because I'm like, oh, that's a place that people are like, oh, that's it's fine, it's whatever. But it's actually a pretty good burger. So I kind of think, can we can, can can we make the Big Carl stick for Barry <laughs> The Big Carl of head coaches. I don't know. Oh, yes, jokes are coming. If they last, who knows? So what do we think? Like his expectation is like, would he? He says, at least in his press conference, he's like, I want to win and get to winning. And he's and he's pretty excited because he gets to be a head coach again. So what do you think he can do sooner than later? Because the West division still kind of wasn't overly strong this past year and rebels were pretty close. Well, and don't forget, they're getting rid of the divisions next year. That's true. So you all got to be top two. Yeah. And so but, it, but you know, you, the scheduling at, is still kind of division based, like rivals of western teams are still kind of playing each other. So the schedule yes itself is no. kind so of so I similar, just so I kinda. just
0: pulled up I just pulled up their schedule for next year in particular because I was thinking about your how to answer your question about you know, what could be expected. So here so there are four home opponents next year. Of course, the schedule's a long way away, probably not till March. Home against Colorado State, Hawaii. San Jose State, Wyoming. Offhand, how many of those games do you think they should be favored to win? Say those again? Sorry. Colorado State, Hawaii, San Jose State, Wyoming at home. They're all at home? They're all at home. Two, two and two. So two and
1: two. Okay. Yeah, I think it's reasonable. Wyoming so then, would be oh, the ball because of what they lost, but two and two, I yeah. think reasonable.
0: Yeah, okay, so then their away games are at Air Force at Fresno State, at Nevada, at New Mexico?
1: You're trying to tell me they're going to I think I breaking even game? might be
0: the goal in year one.
1: Yeah, so you think a bowl game is a real possibility?
0: I think, I think if you're Eric Harper, I think if you're a Rebels fan, that should be the expectation at this point. You are looking to take the next step. You don't settle for a losing season in year one.
1: Who's your non-conference schedule? Do you have that in front of you?
0: Uh, I do not.
1: So I'm trying to think. Do they Is that Arizona State game or Iowa State coming back on the schedule? If they get ASU, i am like, oh, yes, that's a victory.
0: Uh, okay, so home versus bad. Bryant at Michigan, no. home versus Vanderbilt at UTEP.
1: Okay. I think 3-1 is a possibility. I think that 3-1 is a possibility. So, if they split conference, go four and four, that's seven and five, buddy. Is that what we're doing? We're saying they're seven of seven, seven win team next year? Okay. I'm not making
0: any official predictions until August. So you know no, this.
1: we're not. I'm going to say, but that looks promising. <laughs> Vanderbilt could be better, but they you sh- UTEP, Dana dimmel Dimble, Dana has been doing good things. And maybe beat Boyce State this past year. So, that's not a pushover. Yeah, and I mean, more it's, than- it's
0: more—it's mostly just comes down to reiterating what I mentioned on one of our past podcasts. Like you're making this move, and there's a lot on the line to prove that it was the right move to make.
1: Do you think the right move was still to fire him? Fire? To well, no, no. I'm, I mean,
0: I, I, like I said, I'll reiterate again that I was surprised that they that they dismissed Arroyo in the first place.
1: Oh, me too. Yeah, I totally But I think,
0: yeah, that they, I think that overall they did well to replace him with Odom, even though, like, the name uh, he he's probably not like the sexiest name on the market or anything like that. He has the resume mm-hmm. to be able to pick up where Royal left off. Now the pressure's on to make good on, on that potential.
1: Exactly. Like, it's kind of funny thinking about it. people on Vegas, flashy, this, that. But like, they were not going to ever get anybody flashy, I don't think. Right? Yeah. They paid well. They here's what they did. Like I here's what I don't like. They keep bringing up they play in this giant billion dollar stadium. I, that's fool's gold. That type of thing because it's not their place to play. They mm-hmm. get to play there, but it's whatever. I don't know. I'm like I think that's. I don't know how big of a selling point that really is. Do you think it's a big deal to play in that stadium? It's better than yes. Boyd, Clearly, you think it's that big of a deal.
0: I, I think if I were an 18-year-old thinking about where I wanted to play college football, yes.
1: Okay. Just making sure. Because I just... Okay. That's fair. I think it's it's nice, but I'm not sure like the people is bringing up, it's just billion-dollar damage this or this or ball. It's it's a good thing. They have good facilities. They're move, improving the right direction. I'm not trying to sound like that. It's like wondering how, what people really think. Like, is that really that big a deal? I guess, okay, I... Well, I would rather our fans are like, I don't care where I play. I don't want people to show up. I don't want 8000 on my game, 10000 on my game. I want 20, 20 plus. and the Rebels aren't getting that. Like, do you want to – I'd just say you play at giant stadium. and If they there. win,
0: they will. Same as I everywhere hope. else. Yeah,
1: we'll see. Maybe. How's people, the basketball people team? Want, they're,
0: people, they're, will pay to, people will pay to see a winner.
1: That's, they do. that's basketball the universal teams, rule. I'll be waiting for ULV hoops. They're undefeated right now. See if people show up. With, I assume they will show up more quickly there than football. But they're undefeated currently at the moment, ten zero. So, uh, I like again the higher like thing about like like the one flash hired would be like get Brendan Marion to come to town. That would have been pretty cool. But I know what they're doing because look at the coaches they hired in the past. They've gone teams like to go opposite or kind of swing the pendulum. They're what they're going through after they got rid of uh, who was a Bobby Hawk before they brought in. Um, oh shoot, Bishop Gordon coach Sanchez. T- Tony Sanchez. Yeah, Tony Sanchez. Yeah, so they go. Gets out. Bring in Sanchez, best high school coach in the country, best program in the country. Obviously, didn't work out. Let's bring in Mark Seroyle, good offensive coordinator, power five school, Pac twelve. This is not necessarily going a different direction besides being a defensive coach, but this is also a oops. My alarm goes off. Apologies there. But this is a coach who also actually had head coach experience. <laughs> so overall, it's like it's not like yeah, the hires like it's the name recognition was not. Is not flashy, but his production is. That's where I'm going to get there. Yeah, exactly. That's the end result. Sorry, I'm trying to ramble my, my ramble my way around there. It's also like Missouri's not like some amazing program. Gary Pinkle did amazing things there, and I do like what Odom said in his press conference. Like, he's like, he expects to win and win immediately. He goes at some point, basically, we'll get we want to do championships. He's like, and the vision of what we're going to do to get accomplished is at a championship level everywhere you turn. So I like how he doesn't say where Eric Harper says, we want to win championships and basically now, it's like, coach, build up to that a little bit. But they're closer than they've been in probably a decade in that direction. Exactly. And also with no divisions, it's like, look at the Pac-12. University of Utah, a team might root for and want to do very well, they would not have gotten in if they're divisions because of they are technically in the South with USC. That wouldn't have happened. So this will give them a better chance to get in if for some reason the they they play really well say the West Division gets going big time we did like a year or two ago where they're right up there and the mountain division is takes a small step behind. So there's better yeah. chances, more opportunities. I think this is a pretty solid hire overall after thinking about it and going through things of what they're looking for, what they want. They actually got what they wanted. And to get him like I wonder if I just want to be head coach. Not that it's a bad thing, but you leave a Arkansas program where I believe is KJ Jefferson coming back for one more year or is he declared? Have you heard of that yet?
0: That I don't know off the top of my
1: head. Because he's he's a quality player. And Arkansas, is, I know it's tough. You play Texas a and You play Alabama every year. You play these teams. You'll be eventually, you'll get playing people. Play. You play good teams in the SEC. You know what I mean? And <laughs> so, like, if he's sticking around, even though he's a defensive coordinator, it's like he's a reason they were pretty good in a Heisman candidate preseason-wise. So, to leave that job where, if he really wanted to, it looks like he says he will return for 2023, about a week ago. For his last year. Makes sense to he needs to be a bit better. And his current draft class is pretty stacked. But you would think if you're gonna stay another year, they do that much better. Regardless how they win, he'll be credited as you did the whole staff. He could have gotten a better job if he waited one more year, possibly. But maybe he's he a potential and not really the super high pressure type of job. Maybe that's more fitting for his personality. Mm-hmm. How old is he? Do we know his age? I haven't looked at it. Do you have that offhand at all? What Odom is that? Is he... um, Barry
0: Odin is, according to Wikipedia, 46, 46 years old. old.
1: Okay, that's good. So we'll see if he sticks around for a while. So I'm not, sorry, I don't want to go ahead to that type of stuff. But he does call this job an elite opportunity. I'm hoping it's not an elite opportunity to get a better job down the road if I go 10-2 and two in year four. <laughs> no. Stay longer if he has success. But anything else we'd add about the coaching staff? they, they put a
0: statue of him there if he stayed longer after doing something like that.
1: <laughs> hit, hit him next to Tark? Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, that's that's better than a national title of basketball. Almost, sorry. There guys. you go. <laughs> that would be, yeah, okay. Anything else to add about, this, about the hire? Any Because the staff is still kind of coming together, even though he's been hired for about a week. No,
0: I think I've said everything I meant to on this matter, at least for now.
1: But yeah, I think, like
0: I mentioned before, the uh, the assistant the assistant hires are going to be real crucial as it is for any situation. But on the whole, as an individual, yeah, I think it was a good hire.
1: I guess the one thing I'd add to like he needs West Coast guys to help recruit a bit, which is you want a few of those guys. So that would be helpful because of me be in Midwest and then Southern Southeast area being Arkansas. But if you're in Arkansas, you recruit in Texas, Las Vegas and probably goes to Texas and California a lot. So there's going to mm-hmm. be some situations there. So, all right, is it time to go to the portal season because it is crazy and wild and insane and weird and sad and awesome all at the same time? It's uh, action-packed, to say the least. It we're, like, We'll just go team by team, essentially, so that's the way we'll do it. But as we mentioned, top of the show, portal, 45 days to make your move. Basically, this is your time, Matt, to be able to go to school and be ready for spring football. So all these guys are going to have to and now have to announce by December or should be by the championship game that night, essentially. Because if you don't, you leave. You may not be able to come back to your program. That's the only downside about – listen, to Joe Cloud of Fox Sports. And like He sometimes has good ideas, and he has like really dumb ideas. Like really dumb ideas. Like saying like the college football con, cons, consolidation will be better. We have like two conferences that we're heading to that way that are amazing and better games. I'm like, no, dude, people don't want that. But he makes some decent points about, which I've said before, wow, and you probably mentioned as well. I'm clear. It's not difficult to, difficult to find or look into. If you leave, there's not always enough not enough scholarships to go around. Like it can be musical chairs, you're screwed. And like, oh, crap, I was at school A. I left for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Uh, I forget and what it, the
0: exact numbers are, but I, I know that the, 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 somebody put them out there for like last year's transfer portal, I think it was something like one third of people or one third of players in the portal didn't actually end up in the landing spot. That's tough. That's a lot. Something, There's Something like thousands. that. I, don't quote me on it. I gotta remember the exact number. but
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here us in conversation with business icons.
0: Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, it's 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 it may seem like an obvious move if you're if you're looking for playing time elsewhere, but I think the numbers bear out, at least for right now, that that's not always a given.
1: And you see what like Jake Dickert said, they watched him state like so much tampering going on, which it happens. I don't know how you stop and there's NIL NIL money, or you have like was it Crowning who's what UTEP Arizona after one year because he had an amazing year at UTEP as a freshman. It's like you get the one-time move, it's fine. I'm in favor of movement. It's hard to stop tampering because you're the co the person calls the parent. They have friends text you. It's not that it's like the thing. Well, I never spoke to school X about a job. Whispers mm-hmm. my agent talked to him three times a week for the last four hours, you know what I mean, <laughs> or something like that mm-hmm. every day with updates. I never spoke to them, but my representative did. That's like you're on that stuff. And I don't know how you can deal with tampering or not. And I, we don't know every reason why people leave. Some want to go playing time coaching change unsatisfied in what reasons or well i mean in the case elastic brian hill came out so like you can't be a jerk of a coach and lock people in for scholarships just because you're in charge and then no no way out if it wasn't what they thought whether it be the coach promising something and not delivering or just flat out lying to them stuff like that so so in boise state because air force will pass on them at as people know they're not getting any transfers in the portal the loose players and we can get to that type of those type of things which i guess is the most important we're not talking about incoming guys but air force as of right now because we have an updated tracker as you put up there matt mwr.com it's pinned to the giant photo underneath the header so we have that updated what a couple times a week i'm guessing you're you're in you're handling all that
0: i'm doing it a little more often than that when when Um, time allows basically i do digging and i i try and update it as best as i can i cross-reference it with uh other more established and more comprehensive lists like the one at 24 seven sports and things like that but
1: yeah well this time you're trickier i meant yeah yeah you you do a great job so that's amazing
0: so what do you guys Force? sort of interesting so far
1: i mean with air
0: force they're they they've they haven't really lost anybody of, of serious note in the same way that they did when like for instance micah davis left the program um, You know, went to, I believe, Iowa Western Community College, and, and I'm almost certain that I saw a tweet not that long ago that he was being targeted by Utah State. Interesting. I don't know if it was the same oh. Micah Davis or it was a different one, but I, I thought, huh, I wonder if that's the same Falcons wide receiver. Falcons don't typically lose a ton of guys, established guys to the portal. It's often more of the guys who go in through their prep school or preparation, whatever and you know choose to you know not necessarily pursue the whole four-year program at the academy so not a lot of high profile names in the same way that there is for just about every other team in the conference
1: i think also with them leaving you if you you haven't an out anybody at the academy because it's schools paid for great training career-wise all that stuff is number one by far what you've seen you always see the they always put the schedule. They're up at 6 a.m. They're bed at 11 mm-hmm. o'clock. Little time to do much of anything, which is 18 credit hours, which is way more than a typical 12 to be full-time for NCAA athlete. Oh, so yeah. It's, it's six insane. Morning, six, yeah, it's, it's just a lot going on there. So, But what you, I believe, maybe you know this or not, but I think you can leave after your second year and not have to worry about the full-time commitment post-graduation. Yeah, I forget but the I exact it's, parameters, for, something like that. I think it's like a sophomore, freshman, sophomore, where you can leave. And just transfer or go drop, we'll do whatever, just leave school and not just even athletes, but student body can just, I'm, this isn't for me and leave and not have to owe anything for the school. And then you don't know, have to yeah, do that commitment. I think that's the case. So that's why there's not many guys who are leaving and it's, but they're also not gaining people. So that's like a weird disadvantage advantage. Like, okay, guys aren't leaving, but we're not getting guys in. So that's yeah. well, at uh, the same time, their recruiting
0: classes are like much bigger on the whole than, than just about everybody else, too.
1: Um, I will say this there is a tweet about Micah Davis. Yes, he's a high priority recruit. So, yes, for Utah State. Just saying. Yeah. To bring that back up, bring it back around. So, what do we know about Boise State? Do we need to go back to Hank Bacama or Is that just a cursory message people probably should know about?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Bachmeyer, of course, went back into the portal unofficially after the UTEP game back in late late uh, September. But as far as like more recent guys, like there was a sort of a, a quick succession of, of players into the portal right after the conference championship game. Of that group, I think maybe the biggest departure is that of Tyneal hopper the tight end and i think that was mostly because i thought that he might be i forget exactly how much eligibility he had left but i thought he had one more year to and, and i figured that he would be sort of the, the the primary piece to replace riley smith at that position other than that you know they they lost one of their edge rushers devin wright to the portal. Yeah. You know, a couple of, couple of backups here and there, but nothing that's like overly serious, at least at this point.
1: You know, it would be fun if Hank Bachemire went to BYU, but and Boise Boy State plays each other, but they don't play each other next year. That would have been fun. Sad.
0: It's sad. It's sad.
1: That game not happening, but there's been mi- minimal talk. I've heard him maybe Bachemire to Kentucky a little bit with Will Levis going in the draft. But uh, he's going to be one. He could be one of those guys that we'll probably keep on just to see, but he could go to a school. Like, his career was interesting at Boise State because we know he's a pretty good player, above-average player, all-conference caliber player, as I keep up upgrading his status every word I say. But he could go to a program and be the guy to help a really good team to be that last little bit, to have a quarterback who may not be extremely elite, like, well above-average and top-30 in your conference in almost any conference in the country. I think he could be that good. It's just the freaking offensive line kept shuffling injury-wise, and it was uh, not good. So I think he could potentially be that guy with like one year left. So we'll see. Solidar State, Matt, I have to scroll about five times to get through all the transfer guys. The, the
0: exodus is ongoing or maybe, maybe it's slowed to a trickle at this point, but uh because yeah, we, we knew it? in advance about you know a guy like dante wright mm-hmm. uh you know, yeah. taiwan francis a. John you know, ty mccullough you know all those guys who sort of locked in the middle of the season as far as recent guys i More do think backs. the one that sort of surprised me the most was a guy like george Mickey Hahn, who you know stepped up in the middle of the season he was you know one of those guys who you know young freshman type who played a significant role in the second half of the year on the offensive line and so while it was definitely uh, a crash course to try and get up to speed protecting Clay Millen and all that, I think he was playing pretty well by the end of the year, you know, something that the Rams could could build upon and build around as, as they sort of go as they move into year two of the Jane Orville era. But those are the kinds of things that just sort of, you know, you wonder how much of that might set them back if they're continually on the hunt for. Um, you know, offensive linemen, because we already knew that they were going to be undergoing a really hard reset on that unit, you know, not only in terms of like graduations, but like other oh, veteran guys, like you know, Chaz Jackson went into the portal as well. But it, it, but again, I think it's sort of I don't want to say it casts a lot of doubt, but it, it does uh, raise a little bit of a yellow flag as you know, as far as how long it might take. Four things to come together in four collins. It may be continue to be a sort of a slower process, but um, you know, it could you know it could also be a wait-and-see situation, wait, and, you know, figure out whether they work the transport portal themselves as effectively as they did last
1: year. So, can these guys, I'm assuming maybe someone looked up before the portal, they can re- some schools might hold a scholarship, some might not. So I'm wondering, like, say. Random player X. I'm looking just here's the name. let just look at name right here. Drake Martinez, tight end, CSU. Just the name that's right in front of me on my screen here. Mm-hmm. Can he announce the transfer, but still come back before the period ends and keep a scholarship? Or is that like a school by school basis? Like once you're out, you're out.
0: That's a good question. I'm not
1: sure. I'm just wondering about that because I feel because you see what Grayson McCall is saying from Coastal Carolina, he's transferring but says he wants to play in the bowl game. So in that case, assuming that an interim coach, because Chad is now up at Liberty, mm-hmm. wondering if that, you know, what I mean, how that could play out. Like if that's possible. Yeah. I don't know, but they've lost so, so many guys. And part of it too, could be, here's what it likely is. Okay. Lose a coach last year. Players leave new coach comes in. I'm not getting to play him in time. Like time leaving. Interesting. Like Dante, Wright guys like that leaving because they don't like the new coach. So, I think what we could see in the years coming where this it's just turnover coach fire, new coach. A lot of players leave because coach A leaves, new coach comes in. You stick it out to see how it is, you transfer again. So this could be a thing with the one-free port, one free period like UNLV. We'll get to them later, but they don't have this many. But we could see guys who left because arroyo is gone and will stay through the year to see what it is for Barry Odom, but decide it's not for them after giving it a legit try. Like, oh, maybe a new coach. I played a little bit, or maybe I could show this guy because maybe I didn't think he's was getting a fair shake, or I've gotten better in the season, or maybe he, you think his coaching style fits your playing personality better. So I could see that being a trend for coaches where it's a turnover coach, where it's like a two back to back years of losing players. I don't know if that's the case here, but that's just a thought. Could be. Yeah. Could be. What about your Fresno State Bulldogs, Matt? They only have very few players in the portal. You mentioned before Kale Sanders Jr. DB um anything else really besides him that's it's like oh crap we're losing this guy
0: I mean the only other one I was mildly surprised at was Amari Pate who stepped up in the you know in the second half of last year first half of this year at the as a nickelback but it may also be that you know he got surpassed on the depth chart by you know Maurice Norris who spent most if not all the year as the starter at that position so maybe that was just sort of like a you know, classic playing time opportunity kind of thing. Sanders Junior is a little more surprising though, because you know, he played a big role down the stretch last year, yeah, and and definitely had a hand in that secondary success throughout this this season. But again, maybe it was just a numbers game with guys like you know Cam Lockridge and, and Braylon Lux still around for at least another year or two that they just wanted you know to see the field a little more often.
1: Give me a two. Is that anything bum you out? Those guys leaving, or is it just like oh, it's only a couple of guys for now? Because we still, again, portal still open for another three weeks. Mm-hmm. But so far, you're satisfied with how your bulldogs are sticking sticking with Tetford. Yeah. Hey, conference champs. Why do I go right? Why are you leaving if you win the, the conference? Really hard to point. complain, right? <laughs> I know it's like when the conference. We've done quite well. New coach, new old coach comes in, does the same thing he did before, and now we go to Hawaii. So they are a decent amount of guys, not a ton, but what, 10 guys at the moment? You mentioned, which I kind of snickered, but you make a good point, Kyle, 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 Kyler Halverson, their kickoff specialist, is kind of a big loss, apparently, just because, you know, kicking the ball I mean, on it, kickoffs is important. It,
0: it may not seem like it, but he mm-hmm. was one of just two guys in the conference this year with a touchback rate right, over 70%. Okay. Which, when you're when that's you're what, thinking about the field position game, is something that you don't necessarily want to overlook.
1: Do you think there's teams that well Not him. Sorry, I'll move on quickly because that's a, that's a good point. Because you, Hawaii, need all the help they can get. Do you think there's some teams that? I know it happens, but do you think coaches are like, "Hey, could you uh, whisper, whisper, go to the portal for us, please"? Do you think that happens? How often do you think that happens? That's you know what? I'm not sure. I think it happens a lot. I'm just saying. I would not be surprised though. <laughs> I know what happened. I know what happens to college basketball a, a lot because there's only so few players on a team you can have. They're like, I will oh, recommend sure. like or I will help you do this. So those are kind of things that I see happening. Anything else? I don't think there's anything else about Hawaii. There's a couple quarterbacks, which yeah. I mean, the, the same, same
0: as same as Fresno state, same as uh, Boise state, you know, a couple of sort of depth pieces, you know, Vaughn Killens, Dior Scott, Riley Wilson, guys like that.
1: Yeah. All right. So let's move on to Nevada, who loses their two biggest losses including Aaron Frost, Grant Stark, offensive lineman. How do they let those guys go? It's like it's I know the I don't know what the coach coach is saying there in Nevada with Ken Wilson, but those are two huge losses for a team that needs every available body that's above average and good to be on their team to get them better. So I think those are yeah. these are arguably one of the bigger losses from a team specific. Like you kind of it by how important they are to your team relative to the conferences might be up there as the most, uh, not disappointing, but the, uh, highest caliber of athlete relative to whatever other, other teams are losing. I think that's, a fair, if does that makes sense, am I making clarity there or no? No, I think it makes sense. Okay. I should make it sure. Am I, do you think that's correct in some level that those are the two highest level guys to leave a program? Yeah. I mean, I mean, other than Juwan Claiborne,
0: um, yeah, you know, because you're talking about the guy who was expected to be the, the all conference caliber left tackle. And then, you know, when he missed the entire season with injury, and then you're talking about the guy who actually was the the, the better than <laughs> you think left tackle. Yeah. So losing both of those guys at the same time is is definitely not ideal for a team that's rebuilding like the way Nevada is.
1: Exactly. So that's replacing that for a team that had offensive issues. I know they're not the skilled position guys, but you got to keep Nate Nate Cox upright. You got to let Toa Tower or whoever the future running back is get the ball and move. So those are some pretty big losses. We'll see because Nevada's in for a long haul, I think. Like, I don't think they're a quick turnaround team. It's... I don't think it's looking good for, for the Wolf back there. New Mexico. Um, Oh, man. I just scroll almost as much as Colorado State, Matt, to see what New Mexico is losing on the roster. Couple quarterbacks, running backs. Our pitcher, which we did up there, a photo, which, like, hey, Hank Bachmeyer transferred. Or this number, we changed to Hank Bachmeyer, but we changed it for New Mexico because they had two 24s. Like, oh, we don't want to think this guy's transferring. Well, Matt, he is transferring. Yeah. Oh, AJ Hulk. Hits Hul- Hul- can't, uh, can't speak. It's not
0: it's not an easy situation that Danny Gonzalez is facing now because not not now not only does he have to figure out the offensive situation, now his his one relative strength, which was the secondary, is just getting absolutely kneecapped by departures. Yeah. Because we already knew that you know Jarek Reed the second was going to be pursuing the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. But you know, now I believe Dante Martin is also also graduating. I can't remember if he has another year of eligibility or not. I apologize but he you know, was reference. one of the, maybe Z, the yeah. best true freshmen in the conference is transferring. Ronald Wilson I think he made, safety is transferring.
1: I think he made all American, like freshmen, all American teams from th- different locations. Yeah. So it's like, it's weird because I get the team wasn't great and, but the defense is pretty good. So it's, I don't fault people for leaving for whatever reason. Maybe he, wasn't I don't know, Was recruiting ranking like oh, he started off like oh, he's just going to Mexico because okay, we're not wrong, like nobody's naive listening to this. That New Mexico is a premier program to go to, they're good athletes and they want to play division one football and they want to play, see what they can do. And it's like, oh, I'm doing good, so I'm gonna go somewhere else. So maybe that's the situation where you have one great year and go on to some bigger program. Mm-hmm. I would prefer, like, hey, stick it out, but I'm not gonna fault anybody for leaving. It's like you have one time to move. Do it when the iron's hard. If that's what we want to go, like, we could say it sucks. We don't like it. And it's a little disappointing. People like you have the commitment. Like, listen to a radio show work for like you guys signed your letter of intent. You need to stick through this and honor your commitment. I'm like, shut up. It would be nice. People could prefer that. But I could take any job I want to with basically no penalty. Head coaches can do that. And they, they try to make the argument that, well, the. Those teams pay a buyout. I'm like, give me a break for the coaches. I'm like, no. But I could still not like he moved because it makes sense the program back from a player who is really good. So that's where I'm like, I'm not going to fault anybody for leaving. Yeah. But I could still be coming, like, oh, man, that stinks. It would be great to see him develop and help a lowball program get better on that defense and get this team to be what fans would prefer to watch is a winning program and not one that's been struggling yeah, in the mean- East for a very long time.
0: And, and now they're replacing all three of their safeties. They're replacing their top defensive lineman, who we didn't mention, Jake Saldenstall. Yeah. They're replacing their top wide receiver and Jordan Porter on offense. It, the, the pressure's on.
1: Yeah. It's. And also, who else did they lose? Did they lose a uh, running eight? Oh, that's a different school, sir. I'm looking at the wrong team here. Did they lose a, a starting running back again? Or is that a. Nope. I'm looking at the yeah. UNLV. Sorry, I'm thinking the Rebels. But they just lost. Here's the thing, to, like. Lobos don't have that many players that are really good. Um, this is not its not me shooting them down. But if you're a team that's struggling and you lose not just your good players, like we mentioned, but you're losing a quality high number of players, that's an issue as well. Like, sometimes your depth is fine, but if you have a bunch of players, like replacing... Here's the thing, too, where the 25-player limit, I think they need to adjust that a little bit because they need to account for... Portal stuff like this, like teams losing a lot of players. Like there's teams, forget what team it was, something in the, I I honestly don't recall a team, but they were so low on transfers that they could only, even signing 25 guys, it would take them like over three years to get to have a full 85 scholarship program.
0: Are you talking about Texas State?
1: I honestly don't know, but I maybe. I don't know, but I just know the team that lose so many Because I remember people making
0: jokes about the fact that Jake Spavitol never signed a high school athlete ever in any of his recruiting classes.
1: Well, not just that, but like, he's getting transfers instead. Like USC only pulled in 10 high school guys last year because they put heavy portal. Yeah. My point being, like, you – there's – I don't – maybe I'm wrong on this. I don't know if there's a limit on portal guys you can bring in. I think you just got to stay under 85 total scholarships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so. I know so. teams are holding back. Like, they may sign only 16. And hope to get Ted More in a portal because you can only, while you can have 25 a year, you can only have 85 max. So there's obviously attrition guys leave for the NFL guys drop out of school or whatever reason. Cause obviously 25 times four is a hundred. You can't have a hundred scholarship players on your team. <laughs> so to get back up to that, just to have a fully funded scholarship level athlete, if you're losing 10 to 15 guys, you're in a portal and you're getting and you're not obviously am oh, about these so apologies. If it comes over there here, so you make the mute, but boy, I'm good. All right, never mind. I'm fine. <laughs> well, I'm saying like, I don't think you're assuming me, Mexico or you only CSU or anybody loses 15 players. I think you get 15 back in the portal plus sign a full class. That seems unlikely, particularly if you're a team, that's not a winning program. Like the Lobos aren't right now or the Rams or Nevada, if you're losing a lot of players. So it's, hard to get it's just it's just a weird quirk in numbers game where they need to adjust or NCAA needs to figure a few things out where to make these teams can be competitive and not take them multi multiple years to get back to even 80 scholarship players mm-hmm. and this doesn't mean limit the high school class you could sign or not i mean make their unlimited i should say some guys will sign 40 but you should like keep on a limit like do something so Teams that lose all players could still fill a program that's competitive and full of athletes that are capable at this level. That's yeah. my tangent. I am done. San Diego State, Matt, what do we got there? So not a lot. Will Haskell's. You know, we already
0: one. knew about you know guys like Will Haskell and guys like that. But I think the one big name that jumped in relatively recently that sort of took me by surprise here was CJ Baskerville, the safety.
1: Why is that? Cuz he's good. <laughs> he is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. Yeah. So stating the obvious. Uh yes. Yeah, you know, because he came on
0: very strong at the end of 2021. Of course, had the, the excellent friscol bowl, you know, pre- defensive MVP performance in that game. Yeah. it you know, wasn't I mean, he, he like the stats didn't exactly jump off the pages here but he was he was a solid piece in his first four years of act, or first full year of action, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And I think that with you know, other guys like I think Patrick McMorris is I think this was his last year of eligibility, if I'm not mistaken. That, that sense, would have been expected of him in that Aztecs defensive backfield. And so you know, I think given how good the Aztecs have been on that side of the ball over the past few years, it is sort of a surprise to see someone with that kind of talent leave.
1: Yeah, it's just again, so you're on a really good defense too. Why would you leave when you're unless there's an some guys will leave eligibility issues. They may not be fully eligible, which would be weird because you got to be eligible to play. So it's who knows? It could be he did, not man. It could be he didn't like his freaking roommate or something while he wants to transfer. There's a lot of reasons why people may want to leave. And it's not always football related reasons. Is that fair to say? You've had somebody like, I don't want to work here if that guy's here. I don't know, man. Just yeah. Saying. yeah. <laughs> You're sticking out or you don't. Sorry. All right, moving on. And if, what do we got? UNLV next? San Jose State, sorry. Apologies. They're losing one player to the portal. Giovanni so Harper at the moment. Giovanni so Harper. F- yeah, so far. We got to say so far. But It is
0: interesting that the Spartans have been the one team that have been sort of, like, I don't know if immune is the right word, but they're the one team that the, con- the transfer portal hasn't really caught up with them yet. And I wonder if that's a byproduct of having been so veteran a team as it was. You know, there were a lot of guys like in their last year of eligibility, you know, Kyle Harmon types that, you know, we already knew that next year's team was going to look different on, on its face for, for a number of reasons. But I think that it sort of speaks well to what Brent Brennan is growing out there in the South Bay that, you know, the guys that are expected to be those sort of next athletes up are, are, are choosing to stick around and be a part of what's next.
1: True. I've an, an off-topic question here, football-related but not topic. Do you think Stanford yep. offered him that job? I don't Did he think turn so. Him down? You don't think he is really interested? If Stanford was not really interested in him, mm,
0: I mean, I would. I mean, I, I would not be surprised if they were.
1: But well, you know who they I mean, hired, right? A, you familiar? A,
0: yeah, they they hired Troy Taylor.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was making sure you're. Yeah, yeah. So that I don't know. It's just a. Uh... I'm just curious because he's right there. His name was thrown around a little bit. So, just wondering because that that is a good thing he's able to stay. I was just kind of thinking, like, well, why would they not want him? But that's a good thing for the Mountain West and good thing for us and good thing for the conference and that school, which, you know, Bill Walsh coached there. I'm just saying he's around that's some point mm-hmm. in the program. So, it's good he's staying and it's good losing a few players in Portal because he's still, is Seamon Cordero still back for more years? Is his eligibility still around for? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Okay, you never know with the COVID year, because that'll be around for like probably three more seasons. So we'll to Yeah, do basketball. this is, this is what,
0: where I wish everybody would get on New Mexico's level, because they, they've they got that tracking down.
1: Like, yeah, Frank, good job. Do the uh, yeah. triangles, ampersands, plus, plus minus, whatever. You find your – just figure it out. It's okay. You put – yeah, that's what we need to see more of, because it makes things a million times easier, right, to figure out who's around and who's not and who can play and who can't play or who's – whatever's left in eligibility. All right. Next team here, UNLV, as we mentioned before, new coach, Bray Odom. It's sad. They lose Aiden Robbins, who's good. Kyle Williams, who's good. Noel Williams, DB Williams, going to Cal to play for – is Tim Ritter still there, DC? Is he still hanging around there? Or he no, Oregon, he's, or is he
0: uh, there? he's at uh, Texas a isn't he? No, not, not AM Texas Tech.
1: I need to find out no, I'm very intrigued. But UNLV is losing a handful of players who are good players. But luckily, it's not a ton like CSU or other schools where they are losing so much talent and they can't replicate replace that. So it is disheartening to lose a couple guys, but not as many as you think. Yes, he's actually the DC at Texas Tech. Why the hell would you want that job at Texas Tech?
0: <laughs> One, he's a hell of a defensive coordinator. Two, he's a Texas yeah. guy. <laughs>
1: I'm just saying, I'm well to, I guess he likes a challenge. That's why I could do that. <laughs> Plus, he wasn't retained in Oregon when they brought in their new head coach and everything. Mm-hmm. But I'm just thinking, oh, sorry, I'm losing my voice. I gotta wrap it up. So you could probably tell it right here to my best bit. But my point is, he wants a challenge, right, Matt? If you go to Texas tech to be their DC, it's not the
0: easiest job in the world, but it's also not the toughest job either.
1: No, my point being tough, not just you're playing Big 12 teams, but their style of playing offense. Doesn't really help the defense when you. I know they're not super what Mike Leach did or Matt Wells even like air raid, air raid, air raid. Maybe that's my bias there a little bit. They can back that far, but it's it's a place where they still want to throw the ball a lot. So with uh, Joey, whatever his coach, the head coach is there, not for his name. But let's mm-hmm. go back to let's go back to the team we're talking about. We only talk about former Mountain coaches that you probably don't want to hear about, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Utah State
1: and instead. Aggies. All right. So what do we have for the Aggies here? They, uh, I guess you pointed out that one of the big losses was former Alabama transfer, Xavier Williams wide receiver, who I know he had a knee issue, which is why he didn't play Alabama, but I think he also was a, see a walk on with the Crimson Tide. I don't think he was uh, like, no, he
0: was a four-star recruit. Wasn't
1: he? Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking uh, I look could see, but him leaving because they had cops uh, come in from Maryland and he didn't really, I think Williams had what one good game. I don't have his numbers in front. I probably should have, but he probably didn't live up to what he thought he would could be going from, you know, Alabama to Utah State. It also probably didn't help either that Utah State season didn't really start amazingly well. Yes, he's a former four-star composite from 24-7, and he's from Hollywood, Florida. So going mm-hmm. from Florida to Alabama to Utah State, that's a big weather change. So maybe weather was an issue, which could be a legit reason to leave. He does like snow, and I've been to Logan many times. Very cold. Outside of – uh, it's probably the second coldest place in the conference after Laramie, I'd say. What else you got about that? Yeah, MVP I mean, other, other than that,
0: like, you, had not a lot of huge names in the portal for, again, depth pieces, guys like Luke Marion, you know, John Gentry, guys like that.
1: So, with Wyoming, they are – we're going to do two things with Wyoming here, Matt. So, portal-wise, Joey Brash running back. Titus one who technically was kicked off the team, if we want to put it the right way, correct? Yes. He's gone. And who else you mentioned before, who's not playing in the bowl game? D DQ Squally is not also?
0: Uh no. <laughs> You're thinking of Dewyan McNeely and DQ James.
1: Sorry, I get this. I apologize. I'm like, well, okay. Yes, thank you for having names in front of me. I'm like, so people could yell at me, you don't know people's names. I'm like, well, there's a lot of names to know. So I knew it was DQ. I'm not gonna make the lame joke of the fast food restaurant, but that's for my count, Matt, that's four running backs and two really, really good ones, not around.
0: Yeah, I believe it was our our acquaintances over 7220 sports who mentioned that the the, the cowboys don't have any running backs for the bowl game now.
1: Matt, can we pause and can I go put money on whoever Wyoming's opponent is in the bowl game real quick? I'll be back in two (laughs) minutes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: do you seriously want me to pause or are we just kidding no i'm kidding no
1: it's just come on play it's a joke it's all good they're playing uh who they got the bowl game eastern michigan right no um crap i don't know who they're playing there's a lot of bowl games going on who are they playing in the bowl game do you know matt off the top of your head
0: uh wyoming is playing ohio in the bowl game Oh, i
1: knew i knew it was a mac team okay so got that so ohio and the points there we go cover for the bobcat bobcats but but seriously that's that's a pretty big loss because What have they been known for for the past half decade, if not more, going back to Brian Hill and stuff? Awesome running backs, guys can move the ball, workhorse guys, even Xavier Halley was at Arizona State. Like they've had many running backs the past four to six years. Mm -hmm. I do wonder, like, what offense are they going to do in the bowl game? We'll get to this later, but it's like, what? Who are they going to replenish it with? Who else? Who are they going to get? That's what are you going to do? But I guess the other. Big-time transfer is Olosai uh, Oso- Amatasho. Is that correct, Amatasho?
0: Yeah.
1: You don't sound confident either, so I'm okay with that now. <laughs> but, yeah, like, pretty- I, I just
0: went and looked at the ro- I mean, they don't have – okay, they still have running backs on the roster. They still have Jordan Vaughn, OJ Richardson, Richard freshman, true freshman, respectfully, Max Jones, true freshman, and Jeremy Hollingsworth, a sophomore. So they they still have some options, but nobody who has seen extended in, playing in, time this year. So they're basically starting over from scratch at the position.
1: Inexperienced is what I'm getting at. Man, is this a Craig Bull thing? At least have fewer players last year than transfers. So that's a okay. Reaction, I wanted to right? pose that to
0: you because
1: <laughs> it, okay, okay, no, and I'm serious because is this a culture
0: problem? Or is this like like we like we sort of touched upon with New Mexico, for example, that hard jobs are getting harder problem because of the transport portal and freedom of movement, that that the best players from these teams in difficult situations are more likely to move up into like into the power five or, or higher profile G five starting jobs, things like that.
1: For Wyoming, from what we've seen last year, like going back to Brian Hill's comments, former cowboy who was really good in NFL. With the thinking I'm not sure if he's on team at the moment, but he's been bouncer on practice squads, got picked up by the Falcons years ago. He's like, you can't, like I said, boy, you can't be a jerk coach. You can't be here. It's too full. Like Xavier and going to Arizona State, that was still a weird choice with all their NSA violations coming and COVID is like when they brought kids on campus during COVID and like, come on, what are you doing, Arizona State? Like, mm-hmm. that was a move probably for moving up. We don't know why Titus Wendell was removed from the team. We did know he had reduced carries lot end of last year and this year. Remember that? Or no, last year he got more carries. This year, it reduced with DQ getting some, getting those big games. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I obviously I don't personally know what's going on with Wyoming or any of these jobs, but Wyoming specifically last year, the mass exodus literally the day after they dominated the bowl game to me seemed like a culture coaching issue with. Not on the field performance because they had a pretty good year last year winning their bowl game. And this year they were a good team as well. They're in the hunt. I never thought how serious they were in the hunt to win the Mountain West division to go to the title game, but they were, they played themselves in two games left with the chance to go to the title game. Mm-hmm. They got shut up by Boise State. I think for what Craig Bowl and, hey, if you look at Craig Bowl, what do you see? What do you see, Matt? If you, when you see a guy of his stature and size and lack of hairstyle or lack of hair, I should say. <laughs> Like, what's the stereotypical thing you say That's yeah, just kind of like he's a tough dude, no nonsense guy? Could maybe, like, who's that guy? He looks like a brutal douche or something, like, not personally, but like, you see people, you judge, like, that guy looks weird. He's wearing a a cowboy hat or he's wearing certain type of jeans or shoes. We all do stupid stereotypes like that. So, I'm not saying these are true or not. So, I'll make that clear. But we've also heard he, he seems like a tough guy, right? From what we've seen his demeanor, we've heard him talk about things. Does not mean he doesn't care for his team. He likes everybody, loves his teammates and stuff. But mm-hmm. coaches are jerks sometimes, every every single coach. And what do you want to do? You want to convince a kid to come to freaking Laramie, Wyoming, to play football where you know in the last five weeks it's going to be really cold, really windy, and potentially lots of snow. And you're a dude from Texas, Florida, California, and you're coming there. It's like, oh, what did I get myself into? That's mm-hmm. one thing, but also I do think it could be a, not necessarily a cultural thing, but the way he again this is all speculation, but we've heard tidbits here and there that you got to be a nicer of a coach, not necessarily be buddy buddy with your with your players out there. It's like like Gary Patterson like. There's no way in hell I'd want him to be head coach. He literally says, "I don't want to recruit. I don't like where NIL is going." Like Kyle, what did him He's adjusted enough. To where Utah's been to four conference title games in five years, back to back Rose Bowls. Could have made the playoff a couple of years ago. He's adjusted his attitude a little bit more than most people thought he would. I don't know if Craig Bull can do that or he hasn't shown to do that. If that's even the case, but but the big picture is like, okay, you want to foster an environment where give you them know, the kind of the hard truth, like, hey, you're coming here, like it's the dumb speech. You work hard, you study you do this, you get some play time, this, this, and this. I know there's some kids out there. It's not everybody like, hey, if I'm this good, I should be able to come in and play right away. I'm that good. Well, maybe you're not, dude. There's a reason you're going to Wyoming and not Florida. You know what I mean? The reason you're going to this school and not going to the Big 12 or the Pac-12. The reason you're going to school A or School B. If and mm-hmm. I think this should be easier, honestly, to keep guys around because the redshirt rule of playing four games without losing eligibility should be a pretty big thing to get guys involved, whether you are playing not just fcs teams but teams you know, you're gonna get you're gonna beat them by a lot or even teams during you know, your head bastion we'll see what you got in these games or at the end of the year it's like oh a couple games left we got a bowl game you could play I do a think coaches i know some do plenty do use that to their advantage. like university of Utah, i'll go back to them they ha- they've had running back issues they're putting quarterbacks at running backs to play and it's like well we're gonna save this guy so he can doesn't lose eligibility but he's seeing playing time versus oregon versus Oregon State, versus good teams on the on the schedule, or even Colorado, the who's sucky. You would think mm-hmm. coaches would be smart enough. Okay, hey, you're a true freshman. You can come into high school. Here's what you can do. Here's what we can expect. This is a depth chart, kind of who we have, who's coming in, comparable guys. Like, oh, he's look at star ratings. Like, here's where you stand. And it's not just a spill of work or blah, blah, blah. But coaches could be like, hey, if it's kind of both ways. Yeah, you work this hard. You have four game, four games to prove yourself to play if you're gonna to have to even get in those four games. That they should use that to incentive to get them in, not just two plays, but try to get them in as when appropriate. Like they should feed into that. Like, hey, here's how coaches should use every opportunity to keep guys sustained, but not just, hey, you're here and you're stuck. You're not gonna pull coaches where you can't go any co- you can't transfer within the conference. You can't go against any opponent we play for the next three years, you can't go to the school in this state. It's like that's over. And I think Craig is more of the latter than the former, but because he was in Nebraska forever assistant coach. North Dakota State, stuff like that. But I, I'm t- hogging here, but, again, just be more realistic and honest with your guys. And you can still give them the hard truth, but don't lie to them, hey, you can come in day one and start. And you're sitting here week six and never see the field, and you're not even listening to the depth chart, not even dressed. I think that's a lot well. Of, yes that's and no, but means. if
0: you, but let's not forget too that the Cowboys have been pretty aggressive about letting young guys step into bigger opportunities. Like, sure. I think of the guys on this list, Omotosho is probably the best example of that because oh, yeah. both he, he, Devon Harris, Braden Siders, that trio were replacing a lot of experience.
1: But you know what, the they were good. So they were good. So they get to play. I'm talking about mm-hmm. the guys who might be middle of the pack. Or not, but his story—he could be guy. I'm this good here. I'm gonna go to USC. Look at um, oh, what's his name? We went to USC last year. Uh, Bird, Solomon Bird, right? He goes to USC. Yes. Like maybe that's his situation, and that's what some of these guys are using. But what's the difference from a head coach starting off at Craig Bull going from North Dakota State to Wyoming? He does amazing, and he goes to the Nebraska job when Matt Roll eventually fails there. I don't know. I'm just saying. Like hmm. coaches do the exact same thing. It's a big combination, but on the surface. Wyoming seems more of a culture thing just because of how they left last year. This year, not many, but a lot of good players are leaving too. So it's not just a Wyoming thing. I know we're picking on them, but from what we heard from last year, it's a le- legitimate question to discuss. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add about that topic? Because I talked for like four minutes straight and I can't speak anymore because my voice is done.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think you pretty much said everything I wanted to
1: say. <laughs> okay, good. I apologize for taking over, but I want to make sure you get your sense in there. Anything else about the portal? Who? Okay, right. We'll add on this really quick. Who had like the worst portal? Is it Colorado State? Is it New Mexico losing a couple key players who were showing promise? So
0: again, it's we're talking about like a week into the official opening of the portal. So a lot can change.
1: Yeah, it can get worse. I mean, you you look at the number <laughs> of
0: players that have left Colorado State and 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 it's 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 enough to give you pause.
1: Again, back to back years, yeah. And in Mexico too, I think the sheer number of players the big question or big thing is like, are you getting better players in return, whether recruiting or the portal? And I know 24 seven, I'm going to look up there. Not right now. We'll do this in another podcast. They rank like portal classes, essentially, or portal results. So we'll see how that goes down the road, but that's it for today. We're going to, here's our schedule for the week, Matt, as I were scheduled on the fly for, but no, we have bowl games, two on Saturday, one on Tuesday. We're going to preview those games probably in a couple of days. We'll kind of break it up, do recaps here and there, previews, and then we'll kind of start the dreaded O word when there's no football round. Not going to say it yet because we're not there yet, Matt. We're not to the end. So, <laughs> yeah. so I'm just, I, I didn't know if I'm going to interject or have a joke or clip there, but that's our. We're going to be doing the first three bowl games this week, and then we'll, we'll kind of spread them out and we'll give you guys big heads up on Twitter. We'll do a couple of days adv- of advance notice for all the bowl games. And if I have time, maybe I'll do a bowl conference bowl or something because screw around out some fun. But thanks for tuning in to our mini break portal madness. Barry Odoms going to be a pretty good coach. Oh, oh let's ask you this, Matt. I have one more thing to end before, even though I can't speak. If you compare Barry Odoms' hire to recent hires, how would you kind of uh, fit that in over the past couple of years, like Norvell, Ken Wilson, DeRuiter, Avalos, stuff like that? Where do you think he kind of fits in? Is he comparable to? I would, say, to I would say above average. Above average, okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, if we'll we're, if
0: we're like you know, gun to my head, if we're if we're talking about like a grade or something like that, I would probably give it like a B plus.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, I'd look at the resume, not the name. That's always different. I think it's a. I like to hire more than Ken Wilson, despite Ken Wilson having similar experience, right? Outside of a head coach for a couple of years. Yeah. He is, if I'm not mistaken, out of the last few coaches have many have not, not many have had head coaching NBA experience, right? I know Jeff Tedford did, obviously. At Cal and then Fresno before, Kellen DeBoer did not when he was in town. Um, Andy Alvis was an OC. You had everybody else was like an OC or coordinator, or high school coach. Going back to Tony Sanchez, right? Am I mistaken on that? I guess Jay Norvell. That's that's the only one I guess would be obviously head coach.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Am I correct on that? You think Timmy Chang, brand new guy. That's uh, Brady Hoke, I guess. But he's kind of an interesting internal move for Rocky Long retiring so. I would say, yeah, okay. That's, I'm just trying to think out loud. So let's move on here because we're going to wrap it up because if I just keep mumbling people are like, what's going on here at the 67th minute of this podcast? They should be done eight minutes ago. <laughs> so we'll end it right there. MWR.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Give us some reviews. Tweet at us, MWCR, what you want under your Christmas tree for your team because we're going to do podcast article about that. Maybe we'll release it Christmas Eve. i'll record Matt just saying just release it Christmas Eve for everybody to listen to when you inevitably want to ignore your family at 408 PM Central Time on Christmas Day when you're done. So <laughs> that's a morbid way to end it, but we'll see you next time.